Welcome, Sharada and Krishna Kumari. And uh, devotee is present here. <laughs> so, welcome, Sharada and oh. Krishna Kumari. And uh, devotee is present here. I always got to pause the YouTube. Om Ajnati Nirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Siddhantot Palasara Nityarasikam Hangsam Vilasatmakam Odariyakya Sudhama Sevakadhanam Vishram Bhakti Pradam Yacha yukti vichakshanam tvaghavido vaishishta shaktya sada vandeham tripurarinamaka yatim shri bhakti vedantinam Namaom Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Swami Shri Bhakti Vedanta Prabhupada Yatinama Gurvagyam Shirasidritva Shaktya Vesha Swarupine Hare Krishna Timantrena Paschatya Prachatarine Vishvacharya Prabharyaya Divya Karunya Murtaye Shri Bhagavata Madhurya Gita Gyana Pradayine Gaura Shri Rupa Siddhanta Saraswati Nishevine Radha Krishna Parambhoja Vrindaya Gurave Namaha Devam divyatanum suchandavadanam Balarka chelanchitam Sandrananda puram sadeka varanam vairagya vidyambudhim Siddhanta nidhim subhakti lasitam Sarasvatanam varam Vandetam shubhadam madeka sharanam nyasishvaram shridharam Vanchakalpa tarubhyascham, kripa sindhu yaevacham, patitanam bhavanebhyo vaishnavedhyo namo namaha. Vande Shri Krishna Chaitanya, Nityananda Sahodito, Godadaye Pushpavanto, Chitro Sando Tamonado. Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Eva Kevalam, Kalam Nasteva, 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 Gatiranyata. So, welcome also Guru Nishta and uh, Ken. Um, so, <laughs> Hare uh, So, today is. Uh, as the sun rises and sets, Gaudiya Vaishnavism goes west, uh, part four, which is uh, the final part of the series. Um, so just to uh, recap briefly on uh, what's happened until now is that uh, we have gone through how Gaudiya Vaishnavism in the first place came uh, from the spiritual world into the material world, uh, and then how it became a movement in India. And um, 
uh, we also went through Mahaprabhu's reasons for coming to this world, which are his own personal reasons, but he also includes us in, in his, um, like he also has uh, something in, in store for us when he comes. He, he engages us in um, what he is trying to uh, realize himself which is service to, uh, or how to reciprocate with Srimati Radharani. Krishna is trying to reciprocate with Radharani and he needs help. So he involves us also. And um, then I went, went through briefly how uh, elements of Krishna consciousness came to the West, but um, uh, I would say not, not on purpose, but more uh, that it happened that way um, by by outsiders, by, by by Christians bringing the holy name of Jagannath to the West and uh, and also translating the Bhagavatam into French and, and so on. But then going into um, devotees purposefully trying to trying to bring Gaudiya Vaishnavism to the West and. In the, in the previous episode, it was all about um, kind of physically getting um, uh, getting all the um, getting all the teachings and uh, or uh, like a, a first installment of teachings to the West. And so, in uh, in this episode, I wanted to talk about more how how Gaudiya Vaishnavism keeps coming to the West because Gaudiya Vaishnavism is is infinite and it's it keeps flowing it's not that, that it came here at one point and, uh, and that's it but it, uh, new new revelations keep coming and also um, there's also uh, contributions made by, by by Western practitioners so you can also say that Gaudiya Vaishnavism come, comes back to India from the West sometimes. Um, but uh, let's see here. So I wanted to read something from Srila Siddhamarach about this. Like, like once, it's, once it's established somewhere, then it's... Um, uh, there's this Bhagavad Gita verse that says there can there can be no no loss or diminution, uh, like bhakti can only can only grow. Um, so so once Gaudiya Vaishnavism has been been planted in the Western countries, it's going going to keep growing, and there is no uh, there uh, I say there is no no return from there, uh, which should be encouraging. This is also it. This is the this is the case with every devotee. Also, as as soon as Krishna consciousness comes into your life, it can only uh, grow. Like uh, Ali said here before, he was trying to to say that that he's not interested <laughs> and he doesn't want to be too involved. But then he was somehow drawn in. Uh, so this is how Krishna consciousness <laughs> works. Uh, so Srila Shiramaraj uh, says, uh, and this is this is when we're already practicing and, and, we, and we are trying. Srila Shiramaraj is giving some some comfort that it, it it will eventually 
uh, bear fruit all our uh, struggles. Uh, we will attempt again and again to make progress towards the truth. And when we are unsuccessful, our heart will ache to think that we are repeatedly being defeated by the enemies who are all around us. But the fire of Krishna consciousness is there, and that fire is not to be quenched. It is a spark of eternal truth. So the fire will continue, and the day will come when the enemies that are surrounding us will have to retire once and for all. One day we will find that Krishna has gradually captured our whole heart, and the others have retired forever. They are no longer present to trouble us in our mental circle. We will find that those unwanted things were like mushrooms. They came out from our mental soil, and now they have all gone and died. They have all gone away, and Krishna alone is in the heart. At that time, the heart is only full of Krishna, full of the Krishna conception. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur once instructed a disciple at the time of initiation into the Hare Krishna mantra that Krishna should be allowed to land in our hearts, just as an army is landed by the Navy. An army is carried by a ship, and when they have landed, the fight begins, and they capture the country, just as Julius Caesar said, Veni, Vidi, Vici, I came, I saw, I conquered. So we have to allow Krishna to land in our hearts, then the fight will begin. So, so that's... Um, this is also this this analogy analogy can also be used for like putting Krishna consciousness in, in the West. Like once it's landed, um, uh, the fight begins, and, and now we're not talking about uh, you know conquering uh, you know conquering by the sword, but uh, conquering by uh, explaining the philosophy and. And not so much about, uh, I mean, of course, this, this is all about preaching and, and, and converting, but, but it's more, I'm more talking about um, once, once it has um, taken root somewhere, uh, there is still the kind of this struggle of anartha nivriti that I brought up in the first episode that you have to go, go through, you have to kind of um, revise your <laughs> everything in, in your mind and, and kind of um, turn every stone, um, make every atom of yourself Krishna conscious. Uh, what is the proposal of Krishna consciousness and what is the proposal of so many other conceptions? They're all giving us their assurance from time immemorial saying, I shall give you this, I shall give you that. But the Krishna conception will enter and say, my claim is this, Krishna is saying, uh, the whole thing is mine and you are all trespassers. The fight will begin, the unwanted things are sure to withdraw and Krishna consciousness will capture the whole heart. This is the process. Krishna consciousness has only to land within our hearts somehow or other from a pure devotee a bit of real krishna consciousness should enter through our ears into our hearts and krishna will supply whatever is required and here comes a very important uh, sentence that one can, can carry with, with oneself throughout one's whole life 
one who has imbibed even a slight regard for Krishna consciousness is assured of success in spiritual life today or tomorrow. So, so, so it, uh, anyone can think like, like if you just kind of, kind of like Krishna consciousness a little bit, <laughs> that's all. Like if, if you have ever just had that sense, then you can be assured of success. You cannot know when, but you, it will happen. We may have erected high walls on all sides to protect ourselves so that Krishna consciousness may not enter. But Krishna is a thief, and a thief requires no invitation. No preparation is necessary for his welcome. He will enter for his own interest, and that is our consolation. Mm. Our solace is that Krishna is a thief. Maya has erected her high walls on all sides, but nothing is sufficient to stop Krishna consciousness. Krishna is a thief. A stealthily, and stealthily he will enter one day. So, uh, so, so the 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 army has landed, and and it's only a question of time. But but there is a lot of like kind of minutious things we will have to go through in, in the course of our our sadhana over over decades, and. Um, I was I was thinking about um, what I mentioned in the first episode about like how you first get the basic teachings and then you kind of fine tuning uh, and and this this fine tuning process is what can can take many uh, many years um, and there there are many points that uh, for example uh, how to think about. Uh, the guru. What, uh, what is the what is the guru? Uh, who can be a guru? Um, there is this. Uh, like I, I remember when I was first joining, I was I was taught that all gurus are nitya siddhas. So it means that they have come from the spiritual world uh, down to, down to planet Earth to to bring us there. And, uh, and many, many devotees are learning it in this way. But then, um, uh, as in many cases that has happened, that, for example, the, the guru uh, shows that he's not qualified. And then it becomes, of course, uh, a crisis of faith for the disciple. Um, not only in in that particular person, but but in in um, in understanding the philosophy, like what is a guru and and uh, uh, so so um, because if you have been taught that uh, that the guru is coming from the spiritual world, then. Uh, then, if your guru, if your guru stop, stops being a guru, it, uh, you, like you must logically draw the conclusion that he was never a guru, because since he's obviously not not from the spiritual world, if he if he if he stops stops practicing bhakti or or has moral uh, moral issues and uh, so on. Um, so, so how to, how to think about how to think about this, and 
also here, here comes up an, uh, another important point that my guru manager brings up that actually this has um, this has kind of created something uh, uh, unique at, le at least in my understanding uh, and anyone can correct me if they uh, know otherwise but um, uh, it's, it seems like that in some places in the in the in the west uh, like the um, a bigger uh, I say a more wide how to explain this like, like more more uh, li like lineages converging in, in one place and and it is it is actually it is kind of like a, a blessing that has come from um, people who are previously gurus and then falling down and then westerners seeking other uh, like looking at other lineages to to find uh, to find a, a qualified guru so so you, you can have uh, like like this le this leads to, to more like mixed mixed sanghas you can have uh, uh, like Nityananda Parivar, Advaita Parivar, and Gadadhar Parivar, all kind of uh, in the same, uh, or like hearing from, from gurus from, from all, all of those Parivars, but, but, but belonging to, for example, Bhaktivinoda Parivar. Uh, I'm not sure how, how much that happens in, uh, in India. Maybe Brigu would, uh, would know. Not so much. Mm. <laughs> so, so people are mostly in their own uh, in their own Gaudiya world, so to say. But here, here in the West, at least in, in some places, like it has kind of opened up more. There's more of a, of a forum um, where uh, teachings from different Gaudiya Vaishnava lineages are are being um, considered, and and especially. Uh, my Guru Maharaj, who he dedicated his his book Sacred Preface to to practitioners of all the uh, of all the Gaudiya Vaishnava lineages, so not only from his own like from Bhaktivinoda Thakur's lineage, but from like I said, Nityananda, Narutanda Thakur, um, Shamananda Parivar, so many. I think there there are usually ten are listed. Um, so. Uh, so th thinking about the about the, the, the guru guru issue, uh, there are uh, one one friend asked me uh, if if there is like one correct way that that one should think about uh, about the guru like sh like should you think about about the guru as as anitya siddha or as a sadhana siddha or um uh or, or i guess even even sadaka and um and i've heard some some ways my my guru maharaj has has reasoned about this um that for example if if your if your guru was was um had attained perfection before you met him, so you met him and he was perfect. Then it's very easy to think that he was always perfect because it's 
it's it's sometimes like that in human psychology that that's the way someone is when you first meet them that's kind of the image of them that stays with you um so so for so for, uh, as far as you know that they are they were always perfect uh, so, and of course this is in the in the ideal cases when the guru is perfect which <laughs> Uh, that's the best uh, it's it's best if the guru is perfect um, but of course also advanced sadhakas can can help others uh, by act, acting as guru um, and, uh, and and there's also other, other ways of course there is there is the verse in gurvashtakam uh, that, that Guru is now different from Krishna, and of course, Krishna is, is Nitya Siddha. Uh, so the Guru prin principle is Nitya Siddha. Like, like I remember meeting a devotee in Vrindavan, and, and uh, I asked him how he was, how he, how he felt about his his former Guru who had fallen down, and he said that well, I, actually, Guru Tattva cannot fall down. <laughs> so, so he was. Um, at least externally he was fine with it um, and um, and then th there are other ways um, like for example we have in jaiva dharma there is the example of um, this is something in in between like the the shakshat harikvena of the gurvashtakam and um and our uh, practical reality here on earth with um, real uh, physical people is um, that the guru is, is also representing a, a certain um, eternal associate of Krishna. Uh, so in Jaiva Dharma we have that two disciples of the same guru see, see the guru as either uh, Subal or, or uh, Lalita Saki. So that's that's also one who are who are also uh, Nitya Siddha, um, and uh, but one one kind of one problem with, I mean, of course, the 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 good thing with thinking of of the Guru as as Anitya Siddha is that you have um, very much very much respect. Uh, it's, I think it's maybe good for, for beginners to, to think that their guru has come down from the spiritual world and uh, it, it, will, it will definitely, you know, it, it won't, it doesn't have the, uh, it, it, it kind of, it keeps away some, some dangers of, you know, of seeing um, a way like seeing the guru as an ordinary person like even if the guru is a sadaka and has traits of an ordinary person it's um it's very very extraordinary to have someone who's who is connecting you uh, with krishna someone who is uh, dear to krishna and uh, can kind of um uh, uh like, like if, if you pray, maybe Krishna can't hear it, but uh, if you ask your guru, your guru can ask ask Krishna if he's close to Krishna. So um, there was another, there was one lecture where someone asked Guru Maharaj um, that how is it that um, 
like even if some people are uh, initiated by by gurus who later on turned out to not be very trustworthy how is it how is it possible that, that these disciples are, are still making progress because some, some apparent uh, like visibly and clearly are making progress in, in spiritual life um and guru Maharaj, uh he gave a very uh, interesting answer he was saying that that when you get initiated um it, it's uh that even if if the guru is not not very highly elevated he is um he's uh opening the doors to the academy of krishna consciousness for you and once you're once you're in the academy you can also hear from others and um also in the form of books like read, reading books and and so on and uh and also the mantra the like our main diksha mantras the the krishna mantras they have power in themselves and uh and although all all i have heard i've heard kurmaj give give different um views on this because one time someone asked him uh, a similar question uh, saying that they had received a mantra from someone who had, had fallen down so um so he asked guru Maharaj, like was that still krishna giving me that that mantra through that person so it's um i still have the connection even if this guru is now gone and guru Maharaj said like why would why would krishna give himself through an unqualified person <laughs> like he, he just asked it as if it was a uh, like a, a silly question but 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 um but it, but in this in this answer that, that i was um i was beginning to talk about here he he actually says that the mantra has power in itself um and and you have you know if you're in a a Gaudiya Vaishnav community and, and you have um you have like followed the, the like Krishna's desired at least Krishna's desired system of of uh, giving himself in the form of the mantra then uh, you 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 may still con uh, uh, connect with with Krishna through the mantra um and and then the third uh, reason I said how, how someone can still make progress is that um, that this person and, and also also my guru Maharaj kind of knew the persons uh, the person she was talking this devotee was talking about and he said that someone can have a very like intense uh, period of spiritual practice uh, this person who who who, uh, who was the guru of this uh, uh, of the disciples in question so someone can have a long intense period of spiritual practice and then then uh, and also like initiate others but then maybe like their spiritual practice is declining for for some reason but that power of the previous uh, spiritual practice that that was genuine can still be tapped into uh, by the disciples. Um, 
so that is um, so those those are the, the three way the three kind of reasons he gave for how so, someone can make progress even even if their their guru is not in uh, in good standing. Um, but but of course, like like ultimately, it is um, it it is uh, like. Uh, Necessary and and and, and and just just simply desirable to have uh, an actual qualified spiritual master uh, who who will kind of not let you get away with with misunderstandings and uh, and so on and, and there is this uh, very important uh, section of The introduction to Tattva Sandarbha by Srila Satyanarayan Das Babaji. Uh, that I want to read just to show because because we, we have this this uh, encouraging side as that uh, like as soon as Krishna consciousness has entered in any form, it will eventually conquer. But but we all, we also have to kind of. Um, uh, be, become become proactive and, and participate in, in this process uh, that is also part of the like it's not that we can just sit back and we will be conquered it's um, we need to uh, take part and here Babaji Maharaj is um, is kind of giving some some weight to, to what it means to, 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 to actually convert to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's, it's not, uh, uh, it, it's, it's not about just say, like saying that, that you believe in something. Uh, and he would explain this very, very sharply here. Uh, let's see here. So Shabda, which means spiritual sound, uh, that is the sound of the Shastra. Um, he explains here, uh, implies an innate potency of primordial consciousness itself, the supreme conscious foundation and source. It not only signifies reality in the manner of conceptual or logical formulation, but is identical with that reality. It is thus one specific reality, uh, specific reality potency through which consciousness discloses itself. So Shabda points to an epistemological mode of knowing that transcends perception and inference. So it's uh, Shabda, uh, Shabda as a uh, um, as a as a way of of knowing transcends knowing things directly through your senses and, and also how you can logically think about things. Uh, this mode of, of knowing does not so much involve an effort or intent to know any sort of object, internal or, or external, on the part of a subject. Rather, it is an interning of consciousness toward its own source prior to any conditional subject-object divide. So by its own self-revelatory power, Shabda, which effectuates the turning of consciousness, becomes identical with such turning. 
It may thus be understood as knowledge through conscious identity and not conceptual knowledge about. This existence of such a direct mode, sorry, the existence of such a direct mode of knowing has been the common experience reported by realized mystics of all traditions throughout recorded history. This adds weight to the argument that this mode of knowing cannot be reduced merely to the subjective experience of a limited knower. Rather, it has been recognized by those who have, have, known, have known it as primordial subjectivity itself prior to identification or involvement with any conditional knower and known. So it, it means that if, if, you, if you could hear directly, for example, for example, the Bhagavatam, if, like without, without, the, without the filters, or if, if, if the filters are all uh, aligned, then simply hearing the Bhagavatam is going to, to turn your consciousness to, towards Krishna. It must be noted, however, that for this higher epistemological capacity to be activated, one must rise above belief and disbelief. So, so, so that is what I meant by it. It's not enough to like believe in, in, in Bhakti or, or, or believe in Krishna. In the true sense of the term, belief can have application only when reality is not directly known through identity in pure consciousness. Only when the believing subject is the phenomenal self identified with perceptions, cognitions, uh, affects, and conation. Uh, a note, conation refers to that aspect of the mental processes having to do with volition, striving, and willing. In that sense, it involves the potencies of both willing, icha shakti, and acting, kriya shakti. It is a term used widely in psychology and represents a basic mental faculty along with cognition and affection. For the conventional practitioner or worshiper, however dedicated, devotion is enacted still from the separate self-sense, pritak bhav, of a conditional subject trying to know some ultimate object through willful efforts of the mind and body. For such a person, shabda, spiritual sound, uh, even though believed in as a divine revelation, is reduced to the level of knowledge about reality. It can just as easily be disbelieved because it is unknowable and hence unprovable through logic and perception. It must be known directly in consciousness, which is to say that by the turning of consciousness upon its source, Shabda is enabled to self-manifest the reality with which it is identical. What is suggested here for epistemological consideration is merely the allowance for the possibility of such a transphenomenal mode of knowing, for its actual existence can be known for certain only by one in whom it is awakened. The elaboration of the entire process is intended precisely to actualize this possibility. Therefore, Shabda as Praman implies far more than mere belief in scriptural authority. It refers rather to the direct experience of a person transcending the conventional limits and defects of the human perceptual instruments. Thus, Shabda entails a superior grade of direct perception conveyed in linguistic form for the cognition of one who is eligible and available to such an experience. 
the significance of Shabda, divine sound, as evidence, implying the activation of the transcendental mode of knowing, will be brought out later both in the case of Sri Shukadev and Sri Labhyasadev, the speaker and author of Srimad Bhagavatam, respectively. Both of them affected this turning of consciousness upon its source, and hence to both of them, reality itself manifested through the self-revealing power of Shabda. If the significance of this is rightly understood, then the reader is invited to rise beyond belief and disbelief and the source of both, which is egoic identification. We are invited to know reality immediately, apprehending it in perfect identity with the mode of knowing of the Bhagavatam's original speaker and author. When received in this way, Shabda becomes not epistemological reduction, but epistemological transmutation and expansion. So to put it maybe maybe more simply, hearing the Bhagavatam wouldn't be information, but it would be transformation. So so for for, for kind of uh, understanding Krishna on that level, you really need someone someone who is who is directly uh, kind of electrified by by Krishna. And um, and then I wanted to kind of end with something more uh, reassuring. Uh, which is by Bhakti Pragyan Keshava Maharaj. Uh, let's see. Because he, he, he gives a concern because how, how, how will we know who is, who is a real Vaishnava guru? Like we, we don't have those um, in, instruments really. And there is this um, verse that says, it is impossible even for the demigods to properly identify a Vaishnava. Uh, this may lead me to wonder how I, a helpless and feeble being who is ignorant and foolish can ever hope to recognize a Vaishnava. How will I be able to understand his Vaishnava-ness? As long as I remain ignorant of Sambandha Tattva, the principle of one's relationship with Sri Krishna, and continue to lack faith in the mercy of the Vaishnavas, I will be subject to various types of misgivings and be deprived of this mercy. Then he says, one Vaishnava has given a very beautiful and remarkably logical answer to this question. It is indeed true, he said, that the demigods themselves are unable to recognize a Vaishnava, but why should this be cause for concern? The emperor may be unable to recognize my mother, but that will hardly prevent me from being able to recognize her, even if I were but a tiny baby. When I was an infant, I did not understand what relationship my mother had with me, nor was I able to realize her deep love and affection for me. Although I was ignorant, it does not follow that my mother was not my mother at that time, or that I was uh, deprived of her affection. I always remained related to her and did not forego her maternal affection, despite being unable to understand who she is. Nourished by her love, I have now attained adulthood and am able to appreciate how she is related to me and what, uh, and what maternal affection is. During infancy, I did not understand my mother. Therefore, I could not realize the sweetness of her affection, although she showered me with it. 
but I have a new, but I have now grown into an adult through her love and nurturing. By her affection and mercy, I am now able to realize who she is and have now developed a feeling of possessiveness towards her. So, she's like, Oh, and I just realized now that I forgot to say what's the, the kind of negative side of seeing your guru as, as a nitya or that all gurus have to be nitya siddha. It's, um, it kind of give, gives the message that all like real Vaishnavas are, are nitya siddha. And that means there are no examples of any sadhakas because if, if all the, the Vaishnavas we glorify as, as um, big acharyas, if they, uh, if none of them made it by practice, then who, there wouldn't be, be any any examples for us to follow. Uh, maybe maybe that could be answered by that they could come to this world and, and uh, pretend to be sadhakas and kind of go through all the all the struggles. But, um, it, it's it's not very. Uh, uh, how you say? inspiring or that if, if if i'm if i'm supposed to kind of make it on this path i have to be perfect from the beginning already <laughs> so um so yes Gaudiya vaishnavism goes on <laughs> in all directions uh does anyone have any comments or uh, questions either here or uh, online? So Charada says, yes, I heard that in India there are people from Gotras, from different sages and saints who come together as a Sangha or sometimes a small community. I'm not including those who intermarry, <laughs> but those who come together as God brothers and sisters. Thank you so much for that uh, comment, Sharada. That, that was to the question whether it happens in other places yeah. than, than in the West that many parivars come together in one place. Haribo, Shamananda. Haribo. Hi, thank you for the wonderful class. I have one comment and one question, and the comment is, it really struck me, just a small thing, uh, when you read that quote from Shilashidamaraj, how he was saying that there are enemies all, all around, and then in different places, in other places, he says, you know, the environment is friendly, <laughs> and uh, uh, I think that what that brought to my mind is that some devotees kind of want to jump to the, the final uh, state of mind without doing the work of saying the environment is friendly, although they're nowhere near that stage to actually see the environment like that. So yeah. I think it's good to re remember that both sides are there, that it's good to be a little, you know, paranoid sometimes about bad influences and whatnot. <laughs> but it's also good to remember what the goal is that actually it is all friendly, but we just can't see it. That was one thing. But then my question is, you've gone through uh, explaining how Gaudiya Vaishnavism came to the West and everything, but what's your opinion or vision about uh, 
where is it going to go from here? I've asked this question to Guru much once, and I won't say anything what he says because I don't want to influence your answer. But, uh, but like, I'm especially interested in this, like social aspects of it. Like, for example, the, um, or the cultural, I should say, like the deity worship or the uh, the way we dress or the way we cook and all these things with the kind of music we make as kirtan stuff. So, what's your vision about the, let's say, like five hundred years forward? Whoa, five, 500 years. That's incredible. <laughs> but it's, it's a little difficult because we don't even know how the kirtan sounded 500 years ago, unless um, there is that style of, there are some styles of kirtan that are said to be by Narutam Srinivas that, that are still around somewhere, right? Um, 500 years and in the West also. Um, because there is this kind, there is this uh, kind of tug of war bet between the kind of keeping it traditional that everything should be uh, uh, like Indian for, for for lack of a better word or Vedic, whatever like Vedic means in in anyone's mind. Like uh, there should be this, there should be the clay drums. Um, and then there does to say that well, Krishna consciousness transcends all that. So, so uh, anything, anything goes. Um, and and that also uh, becomes kind of uh, a, a tricky discussion when it go when it, when you go when you go into descriptions of of, of Krishna lila. Because, for example, in in some uh, in some sections, devotees are saying that no, like we shouldn't have to think of of Krishna being being a cowherd boy in some Indian village. That's that's simply because he appeared there at that time, um, like in that in that way. Of course, of course, if he d descends in, into a cowherd village, then he's gonna, you know, when you're in Rome, then you do as Romans. Um, so, so, so we can actually meditate on Krishna in whatever way we find the most inspiring. And then you hear stories of people meditating on Krishna as uh, going going snowboarding with you in the in the Alps. Um, um, so then, so, so because some 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 like really mean that there is no no such thing as, for example, Vaishnav clothes or. Um, uh, those who argue against that, they mean that that's just that's just like a temporary temporary thing in uh, in India. Uh, and Guru Maharaj uh, like responds that uh, uh, that, it, that it, then one is basically uh, saying that Krishna is doesn't really have a form. Or, or, or like eternal pastime, like he, he's just this kind of ethereal thing that you can mold in, 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 into like whatever uh, form, you, form you want him to be. Um, and that, that is like, that is true for uh, very high devotees that if, if they are touched by the Svarup Shakti, then like their Bhakti, you know, forms Krishna like, um, uh, uh, but, but but then you are 
like under this under under the Swarup Shakti. So, uh, so so it's not like your your mental concoctions of how how you want Krishna to be like, but it's um, and of course I, I'm not on like on like personally on uh, the level where I, where I could. Um, uh, tell what is like right and wrong in this sense but um what what makes sense to me at least is that uh, you uh, you follow krishna like the, the way uh, i mean if you if you're if you're attracted to, to, to krishna as krishna uh, he appeared he appeared a certain way and and the and those who uh, formulated Gaudiya Vaishnavism, they they spoke of Krishna in a certain way. So even if that was thousands of years later, they they weren't you know they didn't like change Krishna Lila into something else of, of their time. But they 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 respected Krishna for for the way he appeared. Um, uh, then I guess one could argue that um, uh, there have been some, haven't there been some changes like like how how Krishna is uh, like depicted like according to like later in Indian styles rather than earlier. So that, that makes it more complicated to, to defend. The <laughs> um, But, but but of course, like aside from style of clothing and and things like that, uh, it is kind of if if you want to practice Krishna consciousness the way that, that for example, Shila Rupa Goswami is presenting it, then it's it's about all the all the bhavas and and, and mix mixing of of the bhava. I mean, on a, on a higher state, uh, on a higher level. Um, and I, I guess if, if if someone could uh, think of Krishna snowboarding in a way that still works with, with all of Rupa Goswami's uh, presentation, then, then I guess they can do that. But um, to me, it doesn't make sense to kind of subordinate Krishna to our um, likings but 500 years of these kinds of uh, debates <laughs> in the west um, and I also I also I mean, like 500 years like like I'm really thinking like in 50 years I'm wondering how, how the world is going to look with with uh, uh, the you know global warming and and all that like 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 I don't think humanity will go extinct or anything but 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 I think I'm kind of on just personally I'm on the I kind of believe that uh, society is going to look more more simple in the in the future uh, it's got not it's not going to be be so uh, complex as it is now it's going to be more uh, um, like there is this uh, 
archaeologist Joseph Tainter who who thinks that uh, like in the case of a kind of total global societal collapse maybe in 50 years or so then maybe 90 percent of the population will, will become farmers and then it's going to look more more like uh, how we hear Krishna Lila in the Bhagavatam and maybe not so much of all these uh, uh, fancy like Krishna techno and Krishna uh, uh, reggae or, <laughs> or this or that, but maybe just more down to earth, uh, kirtans around the fire in the evening, um, and so on. Um, is, is it related to? Yeah, I just went to that one for the nurse. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so I, I, no, I, I think that the that maybe if it's not going to be totally Indian-looking in five hundred years, it's going to be more this, uh, this kind of similar village setting, which will be more kind of conducive to practicing Krishna consciousness the way Shila Rupa Goswami is explaining it. So now, now Sakyarati wants to hear Guru Maharaj's version. And I, we all do, but Sakyarati specifically <laughs> raised her hand and asked me to stop speaking. And... No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually can't remember exactly what he said. <laughs> uh, but I do remember it was during a Swami call, maybe like one and a half years ago or something, or two years ago. So, I mean, I could go back and try to find it, but it's it's kind of a, like a needle in a haystack situation because I can't remember oh, when it was. Okay. But the, the kind of part of why I asked this question is that First of all, it seems like we have this tendency to think that we've arrived now, right? Because we mm. are, you know, we're, it's so people tend to be self-centric. So we we think uh, self-centered. So we think that like we have arrived. It's not going to change from here. But mm. then what I was thinking about was what happened to Christianity, you know, after, you know, the succession, like John, his, Jesus' brother was like the kind of like the Jew, Jewish, like, uh, version of jesus in a way of they really wanted to keep the jewish tradition and keep christianity as like a jewish sect and then mm -hmm. paul totally took it because he was a gentile as far as i remember he took it to the gentiles and completely kind of like um universalized the teaching and mm -hmm. and so i but christian consciousness is a little different because we have a lot more of these like core cultural aspects that can't really be messed with in the same way because you know we have so much detail about the the uprakat, like the, the final destination the lila and so i'm wondering if it's possible that there's going to be like the krishna west and the krishna east kind of that the more <laughs> tradition you know what i'm saying like the more traditional people are just going to stay very pukka and then there's going to be this universalized version version of krishna consciousness that probably won't really be godia vaishnavism anymore just a thought but anyway thanks for the answer well, but but uh, saying that, then you're kind of saying that, for example, universalized Christianity isn't Christianity, but like that's not that, that's not nowadays how it kind of feels. Like I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm sure the Christians really identify. With, I mean, the, even the universalist Christians really identify with with Jesus. Uh, yeah, but but, but yeah, just, like you say, but but, but for them, like they don't really. You know, think that they have to dress like Jesus was dressing or anything like that to, to enter. Gonna, 
Leela. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Basically, like Christianity is a new thing. It was Judaism, it, but then oh, yeah. it became Christianity. But the like John wanted to keep it as Judaism, Judaism basically. So in that way, it did become its own thing. Mm. Anyway, just uh, just a thought. Thank you. Okay. So I think we can conclude here. And uh, yeah, like like Gurunishta uh, Gurunishta implied, we we haven't arrived. I mean, the the boat has landed, but the, the army has landed, and <laughs> but um, Gaudiya Vaishnavism will continue to evolve for 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 centuries. So, uh, thank you all for coming, and also all of you here. Hello, hello, hello.